never forgotten. I'm your host Melanie and today's case is one that I'm really excited to be telling you. Uh, this is the first case that one of you our listeners recommended. It's also a case that's local to me and so it's just uh, it's very exciting. If you have a case that you would like to recommend to to me you can connect with us on Twitter at Never Found, Never Forgotten Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Never Found, Never Forgotten. You can also email us at Never Found, Never Forgotten Pod at gmail.com. And while I can't promise you I will cover every case, I will do my very best to try. Um, my goal here at Never Found, Never Forgotten is to sort of shed some light on cases that we might not have heard about and aren't in the media anymore. Um, and so a great way to find out about those cases is through you, our listeners. So like I said, this is an interesting case because it's also local. And it's also a case that I'd never heard of before. So a lot to unpack today. Let's jump right into it. This is the disappearance of 75-year-old Flossie Wilbur from Angelica, New York. And Angelica, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, about Angelica um, it's located in western New York in Allegheny County, and it's um, it has a lot of history, and it's sort of our claim to fame here. It was founded around 1802 by Philip Church, the nephew of Alexander Hamilton. If you are familiar with the musical Hamilton, um, you might know this. If you're not become a fan of the Hamilton musical because it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Um, but Philip Church is the son of Angel Angelica Schuyler Church. And Angelica is the sister of Eliza, and Eliza married Alexander Hamilton. Um, the Schuylers were a very big deal here in New York State, very wealthy family, and there's a whole county named after them. Philip Church um, designed the layout of the town of Angelica based on what he had seen in Paris. And Angelica um, is only a town of about 1,400 people, so not on the scale of Paris. But it, the center of the town is sort of laid out in, in a circle, and all the churches are sort of around this circle. It's a very beautiful little town, very small, but a lot of history here, so... So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get into Flossie Wilbur's disappearance. On August 31st, a clerk at a local market alerts police, local police, that Flossie has not picked up her newspapers in an entire week. While sometimes she might go a day or two without picking them up, it's really unusual for her to go a whole week. The local police go to Flossie's home to check on her. And they find her car parked in the driveway as it always is. She has this very particular way of parking and she backs in. And when I was talking about this case with my um, mom and sister, I was explaining how she parked her car and I realized my mom does the same exact thing. She always backs into her driveway. 
And so if her car was parked any other way, I would be a little suspicious. And the same thing was true for Flossie. She always backed into this driveway. Um, so when police go there, they find her car and it's parked as it usually is. The back door to the house is unlocked, but there are no signs of Flossie. You know, they go and they yell for her, but they don't find her anywhere. So the local police call in the state police and um, the state police come out and they end up, you know, getting into Flossie's car and there are some groceries that are left in the trunk of the car that they find and they are rotting. They're spoiling in the August heat. And so um, they know that they've been there for a little while. There are no signs of struggle in the house, around the house. When they're inside investigating, they notice that there are valuables and money still left in the home. So robbery doesn't appear to be a motive. But Flossie is nowhere to be found. They search the area um, around her home and some of the, the rural like woodlands and they find nothing. And the state police call in the uh, BCI unit and there are canine searches from canines from surrounding counties and the fire department, several volunteers, but they find nothing. Police start putting together a timeline of Flossie's last movements, and the last day she was seen was August 24th, a whole week earlier. On August 24th, Flossie leaves her home in her car, and she picks up some drapes that she had made, and then she goes to an estate auction that's happening in town. And she signs in, and she's assigned a number, and so they know that for sure, she doesn't purchase anything. That evening at about 5.45 p.m., Flossie purchases some groceries from a small market in Belfast, a nearby town. It's like, I don't know, probably not even 10 minutes away. Um, she arrives home because her car is parked how it usually is. They also find that some of the groceries and the drapes that she had picked up earlier in the day are inside the home but some of the groceries are still in the car the car is also locked but the home is not the back door was unlocked there's absolutely no clue as to where Flossie has gone police don't believe that foul play is involved however Flossie was not a well-liked woman in town she was a widow she lived alone she was very strong and independent. People who lived in town described her as being outspoken, foul-mouthed, and people in town just didn't really like her, and um, they would go out of their way to avoid any interaction with her. The feeling was also seemingly mutual. She didn't seem to like a whole lot of people. She apparently kept a diary, and she recorded the day's weather, but also feelings she had about various community members um, and she wrote about them in very um, not neighborly terms. A couple that lived in the house next door they cite Flossie as being the reason that they move or part of the reason that they decide to move. While things started out okay between the neighbors things took a turn when the couple invited a fresh air student to live with them for the summer. And this is when um, 
child who lives in the city um, is invited to a rural town to stay over the summer and sort of get an experience for what rural country life is like. And this little boy and some neighbor kids were outside playing when they allegedly come running into the house. And according to the couple, Flossie followed right behind them, allegedly carrying a club. Um, the article that told this story didn't tell what caused the situation or like what happened that Flossie would be chasing these little boys apparently with a club. So we don't really know what happened um, with that. But afterwards, the neighbors also report finding some racial slurs written on the sidewalk in front of their home. Um, they would also come home to find garbage or rotten fruit smeared on their home. And they reported actually being afraid to leave because they didn't know what they were going to come home to. They notified police, but they were never able to catch who was doing it, though they believed it was Flossie. Other, others report that she kept a shotgun near her door and a club on the wall in the kitchen. While that might seem eccentric now, she was a widow, an elderly widow living alone. Hunting is very common here in our area. It's a very rural area, lots of um, hunting land. Um, so I don't find it super unusual that she would have a shotgun sort of out. You know, it's definitely not safe by any means, but I don't find it unusual that she would have a, a gun there um, for protection. All this is to say that Flossie was not well-liked. She didn't really have any close friends, and now she's missing without a trace. Flossie is described as being um, between 5'6 and 5'10, weighing about 160 pounds. She had gray-black hair and wore glasses. She also walked with a limp. There are a few theories about what happened to Flossie. First is that she went for a hike in the woods and was injured or lost and eventually succumbed to the elements. Flossie did like to go for hikes in the area, but what stands out for me is the groceries in the car. Wouldn't she finish unloading the groceries before going on the hike? Um, why would she just leave them in the car? It's August, um, so it's very hot. You can't just leave things in the car for long periods of time. It appears that she was sort of in the process of unloading the groceries as some of them were inside and some of them were still in the car. So it seems like she was interrupted during this task. If she did go for a hike um, and succumb to the elements, um, I would have trouble believing that her body wouldn't be found while it is very, very rural area. It's been a long time since she disappeared. This was now almost... 35 years ago so some people also speculate that Flossie was murdered and her body was disposed of in some concrete bridge abutments that were being constructed at the time um, police dismiss this speculation um, because according to the construction workers at the bridge as well as foremen who were supervising that project the concrete was poured on August 22nd two days before Flossie went missing Concrete takes about 24 to 40, 
48 hours to completely harden and Flossie was last seen on August 24th um, in the evening. It's been almost 35 years since Flossie disappeared and while at this point we can safely say that uh, Flossie has passed away as she would be 110 years old now there are so few clues in this case. There seems to be little hope of finding out what really happened to Flossie Wilbur. Police say the case re remains open and the investigators uh, revisit the case periodically. If you have information in this case, you can contact the New York State Police at 585-268-7085. That's my episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're staying home and safe and well. See you next week. Bye. Thank you.